The next question to ask once we've understood the centerings and the layers of consciousness is the implications of this. How does this affect us in our lives and how is this important? It is actually very important. Because this is the entirety of how we choose to live. It's not possible to live any other way than somewhere in this spectrum of consciousness. And each layer of consciousness and each colour of consciousness or each centering creates a diff very different kind of life. And part of that is simply a feeling, and the feeling is, is something that we were exploring in the last session, in the last conversation that I had. Conversation? It's more like a monologue. But I imagine that it's a conversation with you. So, what we can look at now is the implications of it in terms of what it creates, not just in the feeling, but the practical, what it means it's possible to create in your life. What kind of projects can you build? What kind of lifestyle can you live at each layer of consciousness? So at red consciousness, which we've decided is the centre above the head, not the crown, but further above than that. It's about a foot above the head, which is the instinctive consciousness. There's a freedom from, freedom from responsibility, freedom to express yourself in whatever way you want, Not quite whatever way, because we're not into infrared. Infrared is where you actually create uh, conflicts and battles and fights and make life unsustainable. But we're talking about a sustainable life here, which means that you have the ability to survive. You have a community kind of connections enough to support you. So people normally at this level are able to have a lot of time to play. Do some work so that you can survive and you have the time to play football or create what you want to create or spend time with your family or whatever it is that you want to do. And so the red in the impact spectrum, which is the spectrum of projects and businesses and your economic life or your financial life. Red is living in a self-sufficient way, in a way that gives you enough to survive and enough to, to live well by. There is a certain wealth in it. It's the same wealth that subsistence farmers, peasants all over the world have to live in connection with themselves and in a kind of natural, easy way. 
but what it doesn't have is influence. What it doesn't have is the, the ability to really make a difference in the world. Now it's actually interesting because there's a lot of people I know who are dreaming of making a difference in the world and want to make a difference by living in, in this red way, which is this way of just having enough and not dealing with money and not dealing with projects and, and bigger things. I'm kind of getting out of the financial world. So the paradox here is that although we want to break free of the, the kind of money being the thing that rules us, if we break free by not, not exploring this, then we end up being in a place where we're not able to influence very much. We are not able to grow projects that are successful. Um, and things that really make a difference in the world. So, I generally recommend that this is a great way to live if you choose to, way to, to live this way, but not as a way of transforming the world so much. We can, of course, create projects that reduce the amount that we need to rely on the current financial system. And that's a good thing. That allows us to move up in the world with less, you know, up in the world, to, to create more projects, to create new things, with less stress to create a simple foundation. Um, but it's not enough to simply reduce and be self-sufficient. This is why the Ubuntu Communities Movement talks about contributionism rather than sustainability because it's not enough to simply have enough what you need is to be or what you want if you wanted to have more of an impact is you want to make a contribution to make a difference to others as well as to yourself to have so much wealth that you're able to share it not just do something for yourself okay long talk about that one topic let's move on orange which we've said in terms of centering is the crown of the head. Orange tends to create a kind of more professional approach. And so if you're working from an orange state of consciousness, which is um, kind of religious, we're trying to do good and to fit into our communities and to, to be the right kind of people, then that's great for becoming professional. We talked about professional doctors and lawyers. Yeah. If you want to have a profession, and this is the minimum level of consciousness that you need to have, you can't, as a profession, like a serious profession, you can't just follow your instincts all the time. You have to actually turn up when it's time to turn up, even if you don't feel like it. Hopefully you do feel like it if you've got a job that you like, then uh, you do feel like turning up in the morning. But you can't just do it if I feel like it. You have to actually really have a certain level of discipline. And so that's where this, this next approach comes in. Now, if you want to move beyond orange to yellow, 
Yellow is where you get to launch small businesses and make small businesses successful. It's possible to make a lot of money in small business. And, and when we talk about financial freedom, some people, some people discuss this dream of being able to live with quite a lot of money and to have not terribly much time that they have to do things and they get to go on holiday a lot and do the things whatever they feel like. This is a yellow experience. So if you want financial freedom, it's important that you're able to activate the rational thinking side of the brain. It's not good enough to simply do a good job. You actually have to be strategic about it, to think about how do I make this popular with people, make people interested, what's going to make this grow. And this is how you can create successful small businesses, activating this yellow strategic rational thinking side of the brain. Something like chess. You know, I imagine chess may actually be a good practice for opening this layer of consciousness. Then if we want to move on, we move to green. So green, in this case, we're talking about the throat centering, which is the creative, inspired, dreamy kind of approach. But it's also the dream in the sense of having a, a dream, a mission, a, a goal, something that you dream of and you want to create, and creating that. And it's also the insight, the ability to see and kind of understand what's going on for others. So this allows us to grow the project bigger than a small business which is centered around my own skills and intelligence to a business that is based on community, that is like a, a company, or something that has a, a large enough people that you're not focused only on the results, but you have to actually focus on, on how do we work together as a large team, the kind of community, the kind of culture, the kind of people skills. The people skills is very, very important, and it's something that comes in here. But it's also... That, that focus towards the goal, having a mission and having a dream and bringing all of the people together under a common dream. This is necessary to make the team really effective. Now, if you want to move beyond this and you want to have more than one company, to be able to handle more than one company at the same time, or more than one organization. Personally, I think it's better to use co-ops than companies. Um, but that becomes another question that we can deal with another time. I, I think that in order to manage things that are multiple businesses, this is where you get to the blue level of consciousness. And blue consciousness is at the heart. And it, it has this peaceful, detached kind of feeling. And this is what allows you to trust others to do the job and not to have to get involved with everything yourself. So you trust other leaders to be able to manage their organisations. 
and you kind of become the coach, the facilitator in the background who says, yeah, how's it going? What can we improve? Let's put some things in place that's really going to make this effective. In order to do that, you really need to have this, this inner peace and this kind of compassionate approach. And so that's where you have to open your, your heart in order to do it. If you want to get to, to move beyond that, you move to indigo. Indigo is, indigo is about charity and foundation and organizations that serve a clear purpose, a mission to, to solve a particular problem in society. And they're normally charitable organizations. If it's something about fighting poverty or if it's something about saving the forests, etc. And the qualities that make this possible is that you have to really stand for your mission. You have to be totally passionately living that mission. If you're a if your project is about veganism and you're not a vegan, then nobody's going to really trust it and believe it. You have to actually embody that path that you are talking. And it requires a certain love, a certain care for all and for people who are not even close to you and that you don't know, that, that you have this compassionate, charitable care for, for others. And so this requires the opening of the, the belly, the feeling centre. When you get to violet, it's about transforming politics and economics, the way the society runs. If you want to do a really good job at uniting a nation and transforming the way the nation operates. Then you need to be able to unite with everybody. And to unite with everybody, to unite everybody, you have to unite with everybody. You have to bring yourself in alignment with them as well. And so the, the connections that you find at the sacral center, at the Tantian, connection to everything, the uniting with all. This is what creates the ability to unite others and to bring people together into a common vision. This is what Nelson Mandela did in South Africa. And there's a, a good reason that he did that after a lot of contemplation and personal development to get to reach this stage of unity and connection and to be able to work with people that might superficially seem to be enemies but to make them all friends and work together now to move beyond violent to ultraviolet this is something that is normally about leaving a legacy after you've died of of standing for something to such an extent that you can die for it, embody it, and leave an indelible message in the hearts of those who lived with you and who will be born after and 
live after you. Things like the way Gandhi lived and died for peace. And we always remember that. And that message is left behind. And that message is not created by him being in harmony with the people at the time. That's by him stepping beyond this world in a peaceful way. And even while he is in this world, to not care so much about what happens to him and his own body. And this not caring is something that happens when you step into the centre at the base of the spine, the base chakra, and create this peaceful nirvana experience. Now clearly, as we spoke about, there are a couple more centerings beyond this. And in my studies, I've never heard anyone explain what kind of influence you have on the world by working from these centers. It will be interesting to try to see that. When you work from the feet center, it creates the ability to build natural systems, to create ecology. And creating ecology is also creating ecology in people. It's in ourselves, in others. But also the ecology in people is culture. So culture building, which is this, the kind of ties that bind us together in a harmonious, peaceful way and allow the community to be strong and to solve whatever problems it comes across in the future. This is culture building. If you wanted to create a profound religion that is going to have a very strong community and is going to survive the years, I think you might need some culture building. If you wanted to create an intentional community, you would need the same thing. If you wanted to build culture in a, in a neighbourhood, in a community, I'm sure that this is necessary. And this actually is bigger in some ways than leaving your personal mark on the world. It stands for one thing, because a powerful, healthy culture, it's invisible. You don't think about your culture unless you leave your culture and go and travel the world and see what's going on in other places. You don't look at culture normally, but it underlies everything that we do. And so it doesn't affect one part of life. It doesn't affect choosing to be peaceful. It affects all of our life, it, how, how we do everything in, 
in our lives and how we as a community, as a society, work together. In the Tao Te Ching, the great Taoist text, it says that an ordinary leader is, no, a bad leader is feared, a good leader is loved. But a great leader, people don't even know he exists. The point is that when you're building culture, you don't get remembered for your personality. It is the culture that influences people. And the culture becomes something that is natural to them. And they see it as their own, not as belonging to you. If you stand for peace, then you'll always be remembered and become an inspiration for peace. But if you create a culture of peace, then people will always be peaceful. If we move to the next centering, which is in the centre of the earth, Presumably this is a deeper transformation again. And I can only assume that it's related to the kind of transformation that Buddha did, that Jesus did. The great world teachers, as they're known, as they're called, the great prophets. And what they did is they created a transformation in our thinking and culture to a new level. It took us out of one way of looking at the world to a completely new paradigm. Before Buddha, spirituality was effort. It was a radical idea to say that You can kind of be gentle, take the middle path, don't go, don't be extreme. And he also transformed the ideas around spirituality being about gods and worship. And he took that out and made it something that's quite rational. And so he took society from one way of looking at things. It would have been equivalent to taking society from a throat centre to a heart centre. He took society that understood about setting goals, creating things, and if we're going to be working in a spiritual framework, then we're going to be aiming towards it and working ourselves hard to create that. And brought it to the heart where we can simply be compassionate and at peace. Jesus did a similar thing. He was taking the spiritual tradition away from rules and towards honest 
goodness. He's saying it's not about following the rules, it's about being a good person. What exactly the, the centres he was working with are, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are, because these centres are present in everything we do. And, and I'm sure that these great prophets were working at transforming the centering of a whole society. So these are things that we don't understand fully, but you can see the, the general perspective on them. And the other centerings we understand much, much better. So if you're wanting to work at a particular level, you need to develop the centering that, that allows you to work at that level. If you're wanting to transform the economics and politics of society, if you want to change the system that the whole nation runs at, then you need to develop violet consciousness. You need to be able to work with oneness and connection to all, all things. Anything less than that. And you may have some positive in, influence on one particular area, but you're not going to transform that system. And similarly, at all of the other levels, if you want to make a lot of money in your in your individual small business and you need to develop your rational thinking. You can develop other layers as well, but that rational thinking will be necessary, etc. 